Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're serving hot, fresh food 24-7. Moan, it's the eve of draft day. The day is finally here. Well, not yet. Like you said, it's eve of it. And I'll be honest with you, probably like you, I'm ready to see what our fate holds for us. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty interesting uh, description for it. Because th- this is really all about fate. Yeah. Uh, there's so much that's in the balance with yeah. these, these, especially these first picks, second, even the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kevin Colbert himself said on Monday that the Steelers' approach is that they have to come away from every draft class in total now mm-hmm. with three starters. So the year that, for example, they they don't take you, but they sign you. Yeah. After the draft, I'm going to presume that counts. That's an NFL starter. Maybe it is because for, even though they didn't technically draft, it's it's someone that they got from that class. Yes. Yes. Um. That's a a huge part. I'm, I'm glad somebody's actually come out and said something like that. As far as we need this out of that class. I yeah. specifically went back to the uh, 2011 draft class. Actually, re- very solid group of which just being completely honest with you. Cam Hayward, starter, still there. Marcus Gilbert, starter, still there. And the other guy that actually got another contract was Cortez Allen, starter in the league. And there's a other, couple other guys that did some things. Keith Williams went to another team. Chris Carter became a, uh, a special team. Then Curtis Brown, you know, you can't hit on every single one of them. So to say, did Kev get Three out of the 2011 draft class. Yes, he did. And that's a that's a beautiful part. You know, I guess that's a beautiful line to be at. We, we look at it right now. There are, what, 256 draft picks? A little bit more, maybe. Mm-hmm. And of those guys, not all of them make it because why? You have undrafted guys that find their ways onto roster and outplay guys that are projected to go higher. That is a beautiful system to have. And it also brings the reality and honestly just being realistic of what the expectations are as far as building a team and not just that, sustaining the good parts of it. I'll say this, it's always good to hit on the first rounder, though, more than anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just as soon as you start mm-hmm. that list there with Cam Hayward, I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's forgivable, like, right? And yeah, it's like, I don't really care what the rest of it went like. I mean, if it. If you got more, great, but you got Cam Hayward. So thanks for coming, everybody. Drive home safely. I mean, it, it's it's huge. And at the same time, it also gets defined in a negative sense, sometimes yeah. unfairly, by the first rounder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It does. But, um, go ahead. But I was just going to say, I was I was talking to a buddy of mine that's a, that's a scout, uh, and he was just speaking about in general as far as uh, the hitting on the first round. It's 50 50-50. You know, as, as far as the ability to hit it across the entire 32 picks, it's 50 50 on who's going to be successful. And I think, you know, one, the fans of this team have enjoyed the spoils of hitting more times than not on first rounders when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And even not just that, but the second round guys and even third rounders when it comes to the Steelers, man. And again, you mentioned the undrafted crop of players that's come through. It's second to none with the overall quality of what they've gotten out of those positions. Um, because he was saying a second round draft pick is is the hit rate is about 40 to 41 percent on if you're gonna get a good guy or not. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's crazy. And and just just 
that's players coming out of college, mm-hmm. sometimes after four years of college, and just endless, endless rolls of reels that they can be going through to study them and still a 50% hit rate. Still a 50%. And um, I, I like doing this. You know, I like reviewing stuff mm-hmm. and trying to see what's what. That 2010 class, unless somebody corrects me as far as still it goes, as far as, you know, what's a good team? It's still playing on, like, you had Marquise, Jason Worlds, Emmanuel Sanders in that one, Antonio Brown also. And also, Chris Scott still uh, was a draft pick. He was a fifth-round draft pick that year. He ended up going to Carolina and starting for a few years, too. So to say you didn't pick, that's four out of the, the amount of picks that they had that year that turned out to be starters plus in this league. And, again, I, I trust the scouting department what Pittsburgh is going to do as far as this year's draft and moving forward. And I know a lot of people question, you know, we don't need a quarterback. Will we get one? Until Kev proves me wrong, I, I'm I'm – I'm, I'm saying I trust the process in which they're evaluating DK. Well, you have reason to trust the process. And and that's actually, you know, what, what when I look at this team right now. Yeah. And I, I know there's a lot of people that are either ranging somewhere between nervous and outright down about this mm-hmm. team. And you're seeing and hearing a lot of fourth place in the AFC North and whatever else here. <laughs> Moan. There's still a lot of talent. Almost all of it accrued through exactly the methodology that we just described. They're still here. That yeah. defense is still really good, probably better than it was last year. I don't know if it's where it would have been two years ago. Right. But it's still a good football team, isn't it? It really is. And then, of course, we, you know, the, the re-signing of Terrell Edmonds, that does amazing things for not just himself, but for Minka. Minka's used to playing for him. We we always bring up Troy when we bring up, you know, the, the still a secondary. But the guy that was helping the charge was Ryan Clark. You need a good Robin when you're when you're a damn good Batman. And I think everybody <laughs> look at Minka and say, yeah, he's an all-pro guy. He's proven it to make clutch plays. But the other side of it is you get a more experienced Terrell. And I'm hoping this pays off for him, honestly, monetarily, but also for the Steelers too. And again, look at the defensive line. Still very solid. Linebacking core. I think Devin's better than he's going to be. Offensively, I think it's always going to be the biggest questions for the Steelers. And it always is, really. We had about a three, four-year window where nobody was worried about the offense. If, <laughs> I remember like, this. Are we? That's my spot on. AFC Championship. Game. You you yep. know what I'm saying? Like three, mm-hmm. four year window where nobody worried about the offense, and now it's back at that point. Was like, okay, well, what's our questions? Well, can this offensive line that's been built up through free agency, some in house guys, can they bring it all in together? You know, you have the receivers and a damn good young tight end. Can't deny that, can we? Nope. Got a really good running back. So I hear and some solid uh, and some solid backups at that position. Also, whether it's Benny or whoever's, but he's a workhorse is what I'm saying. And if you got to spare him, he tries hard. He he's yeah, exactly <laughs> the only questions around this team, whether or not if it's good or not, goes back to who's taking the ball from under center. Yes, I'll throw in receivers, but you know, you, you're if you're on the receivers. Yeah. Okay, I'm, just, I'm okay I, with that. I mean, Deontay Johnson fade the last couple of years. Chase Claypool's inconsistency. There's no clear number three. This is why I keep hoping this is who they come away with in the first round, or at the very latest, the second round of the draft. And by the way, 
Who's the Guy is up next. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. We've been calling this segment Who's the Guy all week where Ramon gives you his thoughts on who might be the guy or guys, given that the Steelers have to enter this process with a lot of different options. And today's Who's the Guy is... It is Chris Olave. Chris Olave of Ohio State, wide receiver. Look at my heart thumping at the idea of a wide receiver coming to the Steelers at this time. Yeah, and and his his situation is very unique. Number one, Pittsburgh loves Ohio State guys, and for the most part, is is paid off pretty much for him. The thing I love about this kid is number one, he fits the mode of being able to play in Pittsburgh. Why he's already played in cold weather places, he's played big time ball, and this is the other part of him for for him too. You saw I lit up a little bit when you started speaking about you know who's the guy because I knew who it was and I know where you wanted to lean to. It was the wide receiver position. <laughs> yeah. Think about him. He's he's caught a whole lot of balls at Ohio State. He's played a whole lot of ball. First team All-Americans. Done everything that you needed as far as accolades. But the part that gets me the most is this. When we speak about maturity, when we speak about being able to walk into this league and start, and not just start in this league, but be a guy that's Pittsburgh worthy. He was a team captain also at Ohio State. That says a lot. You've questioned certain guys room, uh, in the in the wide receiver room uh, maturity. Can they handle it? Who's going to be the leader to step up? Is Deontay a leader that's going to step up? Is Chase Claypool finally going to turn the page and say, I'm going to be an all-time pro. I'm going to go and chase all the accolades and get all the yards and become the guy that you want to put on the face of Heinz Field. And you know what I mean by that? The mm-hmm. guys that they designate that, look, there's Ben, there's Cam, there's Pounce, there's TJ. When you go into Heinz Field, you see those guys in front of it. You want that from Chase Claypool, but you question his maturity. You question where is he going to be as a pro? Are we going to leave the other stuff behind? I think a kid like Chris Olave, I think he holds that. He's very mature, man. He's a guy that's coming out as a senior, played big-time ball at Ohio State, team captain. I can't stress that enough. That's not just handed out. You now, know, he, especially he, not a place like Ohio State. He also had 65 catches for 936 yards, despite there being a whole lot of talent in that particular room in Columbus. Uh, 13 touchdowns. He averaged 14.4 yards per catch. And that figure is as gaudy mm-hmm. as that sounds. And understanding in college, the great players are going to make uh, big plays yeah. way more routinely than they will in the NFL. So there's there's context for that, too. But if you look over his four years there, and he is a yeah. four-year guy, incidentally, uh, 21 years old, his average per catch was, and I'm going to read this in order from 2018 on up, 16.4, 17.3, 14.6, 14.3. Uh, Downfield. Yeah. He lives downfield. What do the Steelers need, Moan? A downfield guy. Downfield guy. guy. And, and not just that. Good hands and, and needs the ability. I've heard people say this too. He's smooth. Super smooth with the way he runs his routes. He'll break you down and just go yard on you. And I think that's the beauty of what he can mean to a, a, a new quarterback that's going to be under center, whether it's Mason, whether it's, it's, it's Mitch or 
whoever they decide to go get, like you need a guy like him to be very quarterback friendly. And that's what I've gotten from a guy like himself and watching them very quarterback friendly with good hands, man. I like it. Four, three, nine speed. When you speak about getting down the field, he does those things. And I'll say this too. What better way to get the best out of the dudes you already have in the room, DK? Yeah. That's to bring in somebody else that's actually going push to em. challenge them. Push, push em. them. Push yes. them. That's it. And, and you know what? The funny thing is, you know, I, okay, Chase went to Notre Dame. Deontay went to, to Toledo. Toledo. Obviously a massive difference between, you know, the, the scope and the pressure associated with those programs. Mm-hmm. But you bring in that Ohio State guy, and there's just that, there's that edge there. Oh, really? Ohio State guy? Yep. Okay, you're coming in here to take our catches, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, you know, and then you throw, you know, throw into the mix here too. We haven't brought up Garrett Wilson, but Garrett Wilson is there as well at Ohio yeah. State. I mean, do you like him? I, I do like him. I just think he's going to be gone way, yeah, way sooner than where, where Pittsburgh is picking at. So I, I love this pick if they actually go get him because while you need just as many weapons for the quarterback as you need for the, the actual defense that's, that's going to be defending them. So I like this, man. Again, you look at his, his catches and his yards. He didn't go over 1,000 yards. But look at the talent, to your point, DK, that they've had at Ohio State. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, over the years, other wide receivers, and, and these guys aren't going to be there. Uh, Jameson Williams no. is not going to even be with there. the ACL. No, not going to no. be there. Leave no, that one alone. Yeah, uh, Drake London, I think, is probably going to be gone at that point. There's other guys, Jameson Williams, and like I said, most people have Garrett Wilson as the number one wide receiver coming. Now, if it wasn't for the torn ACL with Jameson Williams, I, he'd be number one. Number one. Number one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's that's I mean, there's also there's Traylon Burks I'm looking at here. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's my guy from Penn State, Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson. You know, he's not as big as those guys. He's five eleven. Everybody else on the list is is six oh and up. But mm-hmm. you know, he makes the plays. You know, yeah. A B wasn't the biggest dude either. No, no, not not at all. And the thing about this, too, when it comes to Jahan Dotson, he's caught a whole lot of footballs, too. It really picked up in 2020 and 2021. He had 52 receptions in 2020 and 91 in 2021. So you, either one of you pick, you're getting high output type of guys that have good speed and, and they're competitors. That's the best part about either one of them. See, the wide receivers are like the candy store of, <laughs> of draft prospect lists because – they're the one position yeah. where you can confidently allow yourself to believe that you're still going to get a really good one in the second round. So you can go ahead and entertain yourself yeah. with other positions and stuff. Because I'm looking at, you know, Sky Moore is the one that yeah. got, got a lot of attention here. Sky Moore is listed by some services as kind of like the 8, 9, 10 yep. of the group. But there's not a team in football that would meet thrilled to have him in the second yeah. round yep and and if they can get him for a second round pick then they absolutely will because the output is going to be high look at the guys right now that's coming up in free agency dk aj brown uh deontay debo they were all second rounders oh good call good call when we come back hey mo Welcome back. It's time for the Hey Moan segment of the Ramon Foster Show. And today's comes from 
Matt Hanford, who says, multiple exclamation points, Hey, Moan! What if any option is there for a player to opt against being selected by Team X or Y? Or do you enter the draft having to accept whatever team selects you and to be grateful for the opportunity? At which point, Matt Hanford adds, much love from England. Thank you for our friends across the pond. Moan was an ambassador over there. I was, I was, and I loved it. I, I enjoyed every aspect of that trip too, by the way. So mm-hmm. that is a beautiful question. I lightly answered it in the uh, comments too, um, but it's so good. We got to discuss it because DK, you have really good insight on it. I was paying attention to one particular draft in which this actually happened, mm-hmm. the 2004 draft. I wasn't just following holistically because I was, I was young. I was 18 in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, yes, you're, you're very uh, appreciative of the opportunity that an NFL team selects you. That's that's number one. Sometimes you, you go into a situation where, honestly, the fit just isn't there. You know, it's just like dating somebody. You date somebody and you're pushing along and just trying to make it happen. In all actuality, y'all are probably better apart of just being better friends. You know, but sometimes <laughs> it doesn't work like that in the NFL. They'll stick with you as long as they can until you get to an opportunity or you get to the point to where they can cut you. So you got to ask yourself, why would I stay with a team that I'm not a good fit for, or I don't like the city, or I don't like the state, or I don't like the management of that team. We've seen it happen on on Front Street one particular time, and it was with Eli Manning. He didn't want to go to San Diego at the time. And I I answered you in in the comments by saying, you, you better either have the power, the name, or the talent to be able to get out of those situations. And Eli Manning did. We're witnessing this a little bit with Kayvon Thibodeau, not necessarily um, a team, but he just mentioned, you know, going to the South or, you know, his opportunity when, you know, him going to Alabama, why he chose to go to Oregon and stuff like that. And he was just like, I don't fit that culture down there. He just said, I'm different. I, I For a guy like myself, career-wise, it wouldn't have done himself any justice to go to a Southern team to play football. And I was just thinking to myself, well, if he's expressed this on the college level, then I would be cautious if I'm a team, if I'm drafting him to uh, maybe Carolina, you know, and I'm not sure if they're in the market for Kayvon Thibodeau, but I would just say it, it would be wise for a team to pass up on him and let him go to a team, whether he feel like entertainment-wise he's going to be exposed to, maybe in New York maybe Atlanta or Miami, but I don't see him going to a place like, um, uh, uh, I don't see him going to a place like Carolina, maybe even Tennessee for that matter, when it comes down to where it's going to be a great fit for him as a pro. You better have the type of talent and power to get out of a pick if you're going to make that move. But players do moan, and they still don't exercise this, and I'm surprised by it every year. You know, uh, you guys played a game in, in Jacksonville, couple years ago yeah and i remember pulling out of the parking lot of that place what a place okay (laughs) that being an nfl stadium Uh, and and you pull out of there and i'm like driving out of that tiny little city and there's that crappy football team and no one even knows why they're still in the league they've been trying to give the team to london by the way (laughs) since, since we're dealing with someone from england here and 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 even london doesn't seem to want them and I'm going to myself, why yeah. would Trevor Lawrence just say, I, I, yeah, I'm okay with that? I think he could have. Like, 
I, I really do. And I thought he had, obviously, there was going to be one or the other. It was going to be the Jaguars or the Jets. And I thought, yeah. you know, this is a this is a really good, really accomplished, universally accepted number one consensus mm-hmm. pick, okay, at the most important position. Yep. And it has been a long time since Eli Manning. And then even before Eli, it was a long time since John Elway had done it. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's been almost no history of this. And what that makes me wonder is why is it that, well, let's put it this way. What would the NFL do to someone? Would they Colin Kaepernick him? Yeah. Okay. If he did something to mess with their system, because if you start having players pick their teams and you start getting a little bit NBA ish, you know, with well, not, with NBA, it's not so much the draft; it's free agency. It's free agency and team management. Right, right. You still see NBA players go where they're picked, but if you see a situation that's just fully rotten, yeah, like the Jaguars or the way the Bengals were or the way the Browns were, and you say, "Come on, man, I got one career here. Mm-hmm. Why yeah, am but- I going to go there and get my brains beaten out or have my knee blown out like Joe Burrow did? Yeah, yeah. You know, why am I going to do that?" I'll say this too, as far as the why it doesn't, it's because you have to prove so much in football, you know, and, and I always throw in the physical aspect of it. I think with basketball players, their athletic ability is going to make it honestly a little bit easier for them to display their talents of where they're going and why they're going there. They can overprove themselves. We're looking at uh, um, 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 just a guy like John Morant. Is he going to stay in Memphis? Is the question you got to ask yourself. Like, John Moran is about to become a superstar. Can he stay in Memphis? But he was appreciative of that opportunity that Memphis gave him. We're, we're, uh, with football, you got to actually overprove that you're worthy of it because we mentioned when speaking about the rookies and uh, first rounders in the NFL, you, you better prove that you can do the physical part and your talent got to show also. So, with football, I think it's just the opportunity of getting to the point and where you get that power. Like, you really got to earn it in the NFL, but it's only really one position and it's only happened two times. You said Elway and you said Eli. We circle right back to the quarterbacks being able to do this type of stuff. Yeah, it's always the quarterbacks, isn't it? Always. Always. Let's do another one of these tomorrow on draft day. I can't wait. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.